Hey there, and welcome back to the second season of the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. We have some amazing interviews for you this spring. First of all, we talk about how to align with the seasons of the moon. We also touch in on maternal mental health and finding your purpose and passion inside and outside of motherhood. Remember to subscribe and send the podcast to your friend who might benefit from it. We all could use a little more empowerment these days. See you inside the episode. Hello and welcome to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Bridges, and here on this show, we dive deep into all things mothering, sistering, and humaning. Because the roles that you play are something you learned, not who you are. Let's begin. Madison Young is a queer writer, director, producer, and CEO of Empress in Lavender Media. This sexual revolutionary has been smashing stigma in the media for two decades across multiple mediums and platforms, including authoring several critically acclaimed books, touring off-Broadway one woman show, Reveal All, Fear Nothing, and directing hosting and producing the documentary television series Submission Possible for Reverie TV. Not only is Madison multi-talented, they are also a dear friend and colleague of mine. And this conversation with Madison is so insightful. I want you to listen in, maybe take notes, and really take a breath before listening in. Part of what we talk about is slowing down. So before we listen, I just invite you to find your ground, take a deep inhale, let it go, and let's dive in. Hi, and welcome back to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel. And today we're here with Madison Young, my dear friend who I have known for Almost 12 years, I think. A long time. A long yeah. time, believe it or not. Yes. Early soccer mom days. Yes. <laughs> Welcome, Madison, to the podcast. Before we dive into our conversation, I would love for you to introduce you to yourself to our listeners, as well as let us know what empowerment means to you. Sure. So I am Madison Young. I am a sexual revolutionary. I am an artist, an activist, filmmaker, author, writer, and parent of two amazing kiddos. Mm. And um, empowerment uh, for me is, is really... Um, mm, being in our truth, mm-hmm. being, uh, holding space for our authentic selves, um, holding space for others to be in their authentic expression of self, um, and, uh, just being grounded and connected to this earth 
and all that there is. Um, yeah, being aligned in purpose is a place of empowerment for me. Having said that, do you feel empowered in your current experience? I do. I I feel I do feel very empowered. I feel mm-hmm. empowered in when I'm able to make choices and um, that are not from a place of fear or social expectation, mm-hmm. um, but when it's really authentic to myself. So that's a, a continued practice. I think that there are wounds that all of us have that we hold and get better at recognizing. Um, and, um, I know one of my wounds is around, um, feeling like I'm only valued for my work. Um, the idea that I have to work in order to be loved or valued. Um, so, um, Sometimes when people are asking many, many things of me, it's very hard. Setting boundaries is something I'm very much working on. Mm -hmm. And so I notice now, though, when it's coming up in my body of um, feeling an expectation that I have to rise and deliver and have answers and be there for everyone at every moment. And instead, pausing, coming back to myself seeing what I am able to do or when I will get back to that person um, rather than immediately having to fix something in order to be valued. Mm, okay. I want to slow down that process. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That held kind of, it's, oh, it's so good. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm just hearing all of our listeners saying, Oh my gosh, me too. Me too. And boundaries is a big topic too. So can you give us an example and then kind of walk us through the process? Yeah. Um, Say an email comes in and um, an artist needs certain deliverables or um, a, you know, a, a, a client or a production company or whoever I'm working with has certain deliverables that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't taken care of myself yep. or I haven't eaten yep. yet. And um, uh, my kids are, <laughs> maybe my six-year-old is climbing all over my body, but I feel um, a deep need that this person has communicated something they need and I must meet it. Now, an old pathway for me mm-hmm. would be that I, I must forgo all else in order to meet this person's need as quickly as possible to retain my value, to be loved and to be worthy of love. Um, but now I'm able to spot that in my body. Like when it, comes up of reading that email and feeling that like this physical kind of response of I must I must fix this mm-hmm. and instead I give spaciousness and a little breath and I call myself back in mm-hmm. fall back in my energy and get to that place of 
of, again, feeling empowered, right? Because when we're feeling empowered, we can make that choice. We can make a choice with our whole self. Yeah. Um, rather than this programming or from a place of wounding. Um, and then you can eat and you can connect with your child and you can, if you want, when you're ready, state the boundary of like, today's not a work day for me, but I'll be back at my computer on Monday. Yes. Or, or whatever that is for you, what feels solid and grounded and not, um, not at your expense. Yeah. And what you described is really codependency. If my self-worth is wrapped up in how pleasing I am to you, that is, and I'm raising my hand here because that is, you know, uh, a level that I am striving to move up to as well. Is like, how do I step out of being codependent on other people liking me? Yeah. And I mean, I think that's, that's just something I grew up with and it, um, is something in the past five years of doing more um, work around trauma and shadow work of of things that I've I've come to learn about myself. And I now know and can be the observer when those things do come up in my body. But it took quite a while um, to embody and integrate those things you know, like actually, so I, I try to celebrate every time that Mm -hmm. I actually do it of, of like, wow, I'm feeling this and I'm, I'm making a different choice. And I, you know, like I'll tell my, my husband about it and I'll be like, look, I'm growing, (laughs) which maybe is not exactly asking for another goal. Are, but I don't think so. It's different because you're saying it to yourself as well. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's a piece here that I want to really connect with and it's this um, slowing down and waiting. Mm -hmm. And I know for me and for a lot of the women I work with, with, there's this compulsion. If you see a need to meet it. And our culture is so moves so quickly. And there's this expectation that if I text you, you will respond immediately. Yeah. And so what you're saying is very counterculture, too. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know if you remember, but uh, back in the hacker mom days, and I guess it was how many years ago was that? But I did a six six months of actually being completely offline, mm. um, and um, and it was it was like six of the most joyous months um, because it really created this epic spaciousness. I had an assistant that would check all of my emails and would um, put them on like a USB stick for me and I'd read over them. I'd take my time with them and then I'd compose in a document 
the letters to go out to them and they would be sent out once a week, the responses to, to emails. And it just really created this, um, uh, spaciousness so that I wasn't in a reactive state of being. Um, and I was able to be so much more present with the world around me, with my kids, with my friends, um, with every moment. It was really great. What a gift that you gave yourself. Yeah, I did that a month before giving birth to my second kiddo too, because mm-hmm. I felt like I was like, that's something that I, I, I want for moving into giving birth. I, I wanted to be in that really present um, state of being that I was able to cultivate with that experience. So I did that for just like a month before with um, giving yeah. birth to people. Yeah. So um, it almost sounds like you put yourself, like you honored this winter season in your life and you put, you actually like went into the cave rather than pretending that the season was summer. You actually let it be, you know, more inward. Yeah, it was inward. And at the same time, it, I mean, I was still, I was so deeply connecting with people during that period. Um, um, James, my husband and I, we got married during that six months. Um, so I was surrounded by, by friends. I wasn't taking a bunch of like photos and posting them at my wedding. Instead, I was like, fully, fully present. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, um, I, I wrote two books during that time. Um, I, so I was like very creative, very in my creative flow. Um, I had somehow like a lot of, um, opportunities that were coming to me to do art shows and writing. Um, but I wasn't like, have, I wasn't scrambling for it. I wasn't in this scramble reactive, you know, kind of scarcity space. Instead, I was just like really, really open. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So is there, was there a cost to that at all? Did you have to like lose anything in order to have this other way of being? Um, I don't feel like there was really a cost. Um, I, I think that, I think there becomes this kind of ex I don't know. I guess it depends on like how much I'm sure there were things that I didn't necessarily know that were maybe going on with certain people if they were only posting it online. But anyone who really was within my circle, um, I was reaching out to them on the regular with phone calls and actually meeting with them um, or text and, Um, so if something came up in their life, maybe they had posted on Facebook about it or something and I hadn't seen that, but then we'd have a more connected moment when they told me like in person or over the phone, um, 
than me feeling like I had connected with them when they, you know, posted something to a thousand people. So there was a cost, but you were willing to pay it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's another piece of empowerment too. It's like, there is usually a cost with whatever choice we have, but we we go into it from an empowered state of mind and we're willing to pay the cost. So you are willing to not be connected on social media, but with with complete like joy and you embraced the price that that was. Yeah, it was what type what type of connection is bringing more joy, yes. you know, and um, what felt more nourishing. I was speaking with my um, mentor and one of my chosen mamas, Annie Sprinkle, recently, and we were talking about leaning towards, <laughs> she she was calling it leaning towards the um, the things in life that make her sparkle. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was like, oh, I do that. But I, you know, say, what's nourishing like what is and she was like oh well I always choose the cookie so um (laughs) I was like but maybe the the cookie can be nourishing like um, that can completely be nourishing for what you need right then oh my goodness absolutely choose the choose like what you're gonna nourish right Yeah. yeah and again even with the cookie like there's a cost right right pick up the cookie you're paying a price. You're also paying a price when you pick up the kale. It's right. Like, yeah. What do you value in that yes. moment? And like, so knowing your values and, um, and, and what, yeah. What values do you hold? And, um, uh, what version of, of happiness are you, you're right. You're growing or nourishing like with the, with the kale or the cookie. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So I want to shift the conversation to pleasure Mm. because say that is the muscle that we are strengthening the pleasure muscle. We're not, maybe it's not a, a muscle we're always focused on, but for right now, I would love us to dive into this pleasure muscle specifically as it relates to our creativity and our passion and our, what we, how we want to be in the world. Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the beautiful things now, this is something where I see art and sex and sexuality really commingle. For me, I feel like they really flow from a similar place. Um, because it is that passion. It is this pleasure that um, we release and that um, connects us to the world or to an individual. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, and with both, it can be a sense of play. Mm -hmm. Kids you play, you go out in the forest and you play, you create fairy houses, you create swings and tree houses, you envision a boat and start to find sticks and build them. Like, you know, anything is possible. And 
then we we live in this world that's that tells us it's not possible like mm -hmm. you're dreaming too big yeah. um but as an artist and when you're making art or just diving into creativity <clears throat> that's a place to play it's a place where you can play with color that you can play with concepts you can play with objects um, what feelings and stories are inside of you that want to flow out. And, and we all hold stories. We all hold so many stories, beautiful stories that want to come out. Um, I, this past weekend did a, a workshop called intuitive writing in which we, um, were using, sound and meditation to go into a meditative state of being and just watch as the stories unfurl, inviting the characters in and seeing what they're doing and witnessing them as they tell us the story. And then you come out of the state and you write. You don't censor yourself. You don't edit. You just write and let the stories flow out. Editing is something separate. It's a separate part of the brain. And I always, with my books, I write a first draft in which I don't censor or edit myself at all. And then I go back through and use the other part of my brain that is editing and looking up a name for whatever. But, you know, I try to stay in that flow state when I'm creating any type of art. Mm, I love that. I want to take one of your workshops. Sounds yeah. amazing. So this is an interesting. I'm getting this feeling of like the inner child, the inner playful, innocent child. Isn't that dissimilar from this other archetype of, of the wild woman? There's a there's some a quality to them that actually feels similar. Do you have that same relationship with those two archetypes? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I I think that the the wild woman is listening to her body. Mm. She's connecting with with how she's feeling. She's releasing mm. that, um, exploring her environment, feeling pleasure, feeling connected to all that is. Mm. And the inner child is is also doing that but in this newer state right mm -hmm. and um so sometimes with the wild woman it's it's a shedding yeah. of, of that gunk but you know often with the inner child that not as much gunk is there hopefully mm -hmm. right you know yes. if, we, if we really go back to almost that womb state like what we entered this this space this <laughs> with um is a complete wonderment exploring the world new mm. um, and um, without inhibition. Yeah. Yeah. So shame mm -hmm. as the, as I see the wild woman's kind of sloughing off the gunk for me, my, my wild woman often gets like clogged up with shame and then that goes back to the beginning of our conversation where we talked about, you know, people pleasing and codependency. 
Yeah. So what are some of your strategies for like shaking that stuff off? Yeah. So when you say the word and and what has come to me around the many different ways that we hold shame is that they're like knots in our body. There are these different knots and different things will activate those knots, right? And we like feel a pain <laughs> around, around that thing that we have, have shame uh, around, um, whether it's like religion or family or society that has been a you know a, a cultivation for these these knots and they they can get pretty tight in there and so um i think that a lot of us are here to be the undoers of knots mm. that we will never fully of ourselves or of society be able to undo <laughs> everyone's knots however i I feel very strongly that a huge part of my purpose in being here is to loosen those knots mm -hmm. and that creating a little bit more space around those, around those knots. Um, so shame. Yeah. I mean, when we, when we feel it in our body around something, you know, the, a word that a lot of people use is, is triggered or activated. We'll feel, feel this in our, in our body and noticing, observing is the first thing to do. Noticing that you're feeling this activation, then trying to create some breath and some space as you then get curious once you feel more regulated. So regulate, create a little bit of space. Then I like to go to my journal mm -hmm. and start at where I'm feeling in my body right now. And then dig deeper into the first times or other times mm -hmm. I felt this come up for me. And then I start to find more of the um, original wound that caused this knot. Um, and then, you know, and a lot of times that I am feeling shivery, it's like from, you know, a space of, of childhood sometime um, in our earlier development. And, um, and you see that inner child and you're able to give them compassion mm -hmm. and love. And then you can hold this part of you with love. I like to think about bathing that part of me in this kind of salt water, this kind of salt water um, light, you know, mm -hmm. like this golden light that is is also underwater this like seawater that's like healing mm -hmm. um and um and just bathing it in that love in that love and compassion and often there's like a a core belief or um a need that wasn't met 
Mm-hmm. And so understanding that. And then the next time you feel that activation, you have an understanding of, okay, this isn't about the dishes or this isn't about this thing. <laughs> so yeah. you can regulate yourself. You can give yourself the compassion you need and then start to find out how do I advocate for myself right now in this moment and communicate from this place of, again, empowerment um, where we're grounded and where we are now um, to create whatever boundaries we might need or just communicating to the people around us. And this is how we grow ourselves up, right? Mm-hmm. So I love that image of untangling a knot, not by pulling on the end of it, but by going in and searching for the other end and slowly teasing it apart. Yes. Yeah. There's such a gentleness to that process. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, there's so many, the, the things, there are many different kinds of knots that we hold, but I, I always find it so interesting that many of these knots are held around the most basic human um, experiences like birth mm-hmm. and death and sex. Yeah. Like how, how very, how very, how, how is it that we can't have more, you know, open conversations around birth or to to speak and look so openly at at death and what that means and how to hold space for others as they're as they're grieving like mm-hmm. i know these are not things that i have fully figured out either we all it's such a practice it's such a practice to to keep showing up and noticing these things um, but I, I, I find it so mind boggling that we can be so intelligent, so, so intelligent and have such tech, the technology that we do, uh, but these very, very basic things are still such points of, um, of shame and stigma. Yeah. And then if we go back to our innocence, if we go back to that child, for me, when I, I love how you said you were bathing your inner child in this salt water. So beautiful for me, it gives me permission to have a beginner's mind to not even as a leader to not know that actually the entry point is not knowing it's not knowing it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that, so that we can still lead, whether it's our families or our businesses or, you know, our organization, we can still lead from this place of, I don't know, but I'm willing to ask the tough questions and I'm willing to hear your response from a place of curiosity rather than I know exactly what you're, you're going to say. And I know what I'm going to say after that. Yeah. And I mean, that's really connecting and really listening, right? Which is such a key component of being a leader is this place of connected, open 
listening, actually listening. Yeah. Okay. So connected, active listening. We're going to close with how is that different than maybe an old pattern of listening, maybe a pattern of listening from our, um, that wounded self. Give us a picture of how that type of listening is different from this new type of listening. Hmm. Um, well, I, I think that the a connected type of active listening often involves some silence, right? Pulling, pulling your energy back, being really present, opening up, really hearing a person's words, mm-hmm. holding of space, just being present, the being present without trying to fix something. Instead, all of you is here, not thinking about the laundry or the chores or the, this thing or the work thing. Instead, I'm here and I'm listening to all your words mm-hmm. and letting that person say the words they have until they're done. And then if they would like to hear something from you, you can um, ask them if they would like. Mm. Would you like me to share my experience on this? What are or what are you looking for um, in this? Or how could I support? How can I? What kind of support could I offer you in this moment? Um, which sometimes can be a big question. Often, just being present is. Mm-hmm. Such a support. Um, yeah. The, the act of, of just holding space yeah. and, and not trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. Which goes back to the very beginning. We've come full <laughs> circle of not being in such a hurry to fix it for other people, but to not, to hold that, that empty witnessing. Yeah, not reacting, but from a place of empowerment, Mm. acting and connecting. Mm. I love that. So we're tapering towards the end of our time together, Madison. Wondering if you have any last tidbits you want to share. Oh, um... I think a tidbit I'd I'd like to share is just that um, anyone can be an artist. Yeah. Anyone can be a writer. Um, sit down and write out your dreams. Just hold, set a set a timer for twenty minutes, and just allow yourself to dream. And let stories flow, flow forth, you know, and if you're, if you're more of, you want to experiment with, with paints or even finger paints with your kids or any kind of paint, allow yourself to play with, with color and words. No one even has, you don't have to share it with anyone. It's okay 
to play and it's incredibly healthy to play. You deserve dreams and space to dream the biggest dreams that you have into reality. Mm, So beautiful. So I like to end with a next empowering action. Would you say that your next empowering action is to play for 20 minutes just with no outcome, just to purely be in that innocent, playful mode? A hundred percent. Go play. And an extra credit for going out in the woods and playing. Mm. If you can go out into nature and play with just the things that are around you, Mm. it's such healing medicine. Yes. Thank you so much. And how can our listeners learn more about you? Um, they can go to Instagram and follow me. I'm the real Madison Young on Instagram um, is a great way to find out about my films and workshops and uh, writing projects. And if it feels good for you while you're playing, if you want to snap a quick selfie and then tag Madison on Instagram, she will just give you some high fives and claps. I would love that. I would love that. Okay. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. That's all for today, my friends. And here's what I want you to remember. Empowerment is an inside job. The only one who can empower you is you. Today's episode was produced by Brendan Lindsay. Intro and outro music are by Matthew Randolph. I'm Isabel Bridges, author of Daddy Daughter Day. I'm also the founder of the Mother's Empowerment Sisterhood. You can learn more about my work and join the sisterhood at isabelbridges.com. I'm offering a 50% off discount for a limited time only. So check it out today, isabelbridges.com. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, I encourage you to rate and review. This allows more women like you to learn about the show. Also, just so you know, the Mother's Empowerment Sisterhood is diving deep into the topic of cultivating village. So if that's something that you are interested in, you can learn more at IsabelBridges.com. See you there.